Welcome back, everyone. We're back. Just when you thought it was safe to listen to something on your podcasting app. Yep. Here we come, interrupting your life. Season two, everyone. Season two. It's March 2021, and we're finally back after almost two months of hiatus and sabbatical and getting ready to come back, and I'm happy to be back. It is good to be back. It's good to be back in the studio. Yeah. If only we could come back and have all of our stuff working. Well, if only, right? Right. You know, it's it's kind of uh, the charm life that we live, mm-hmm. uh, or in, you can't have nice things. That's well, we have we, we do we do we have do nice have things. nice things. We do have nice. You things. You just we can't, can't count on <laughs> nice things working <laughs> all the time when when you want them to. Because here, you know, we've got big plans for season two. Season two is not just a repeat of season one. That's exactly right. Because our listeners. Deserve the best. They deserve the best. Because they're awesome. We love you, Mom. And uh, <laughs> we have plans to live stream our episodes. Yeah. So we're gonna, we've got a new Facebook page. Mm-hmm. So we kind of piggybacked off of our church's social media last season, and uh, nobody used it. Right. And uh, right. we didn't really use it either uh, for what we had hoped. So we said, you know, we just got to go with our branding, mm-hmm. put foot notable out there. So we have a Facebook page mm-hmm. that you can go find facebook.com slash foot notable podcast. Yep. It's gotta be foot notable podcast yep. because some jerk took, took foot notable. Those people, yeah, if I ever so. find that guy. <laughs> and I say jerk in the most loving Christian gonna, way I can. I'm going to pay money to have that, uh, yeah, that, so, that extra word. So anyway, footnote, uh, Footnotable Podcast, there's a Facebook page. You can like us. You can follow us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can email us that, uh, through our Facebook page. You can share us. You can you should share. Share with all your friends and yeah. family multiple yes. times if necessary. Multiple times. There's no, there's no limit on how many times you can share. And so we've got that. We've got our Instagram account, which is at Footnotable. Yep. As it should be. And so we're going to be doing this live on our Facebook page. Mm -hmm. You'll be able to watch it uh, each time we record. We should hopefully get a schedule that works for us, get back into a groove. Yep. And we'll also post them on our YouTube page because we have one of those too. That's right. That's right. Uh, I can't tell you some fancy, easy to remember. IP address. Right. YouTube makes it complicated, don't they? They, they are complicated. You've yeah. got to have like around 10,000 followers mm-hmm. before they give you a YouTube.com slash sure. footnotable. Yeah. And so that's why when you go to our YouTube page, you will definitely need yeah. to like it yeah. and ring the notification bell. And tell thousands be there as well. of your friends and family members to like it as well. And then if they subscribe, right. we'll be awesome. Then in around 25 years, We'll have enough for YouTube to give us our own That's right. personalized address. Yeah. We got big plans this year. Season two is not going to be a sophomore slump. We got some good ideas, some things we're going to be sharing. Of course, there's always cultural events and uh, things happening in society around us that are relevant for us to discuss. And so uh, we'll be talking about that stuff and looking forward to season two. And plenty more Seinfeld references. Plenty. There's, there's never, and there's an unending supply of Seinfeld references. There's not. We've only, we've only scratched the surface. Now, yeah, and that's a surface we like to scratch a lot. Often, and we will yes. continue to do so because we love it so much. We do. Amen. So you you just mentioned you watched The Soup Nazi. The Soup Nazi, episode. one of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. so I was talking about how we're about to hit the, the reset button. Season one. Season one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, we never get tired. We were actually asked on, um, I can't remember if it was on Facebook or on Instagram, maybe on Facebook, uh, if we were even young enough to have remembered 
Seinfeld. What? And I had to inform one of our faithful listeners that, believe it or not, we are that old. We are. Yeah. So yes. that was our go-to sitcom, high school, college, yep. and it still is all these years later. So like, I think I was yep. sitting in my dorm room in Tudor Hall, Louisiana College, when I watched the finale. Oh, if yeah? I, if I'm not mistaken. It was 98 or 99? 98. Yeah, I think that sounds right. I was in my dorm. No. Yeah, it was right before I got married. I was in my dorm room. I remember watching it with a couple of friends at college. So, I guess I am old enough to remember Seinfeld. And even if I'm not, I've seen it enough times um, that I, <laughs> yeah. I know it well. So Yeah. So, but we didn't come to talk about Seinfeld no, only, not only today Seinfeld. as we get started with, with our season two. We thought it would be interesting to revisit one of our early episodes from mm-hmm. last season, mm-hmm. episode five to be exact, which was way on sabbatical. Yeah, way back when we were sitting in our closets. Yeah. yeah. You in your closet, I in my closet, and we were we were doing these episodes in the early days of the quarantine. Mm-hmm. And look at us now, Warren. We're back. We're back. In person. We're in the studio. Yeah. We still got a lot of pandemic stuff going on, but thankfully we're not having this discussion. Remotely. Remotely. Yeah, yeah. So this is actually be the first time we've talked about this in the podcast where I can actually see, see you. Yeah, that's right. Right. right? So yeah. episode five was on a Sabbath rest and you were go, taking us through the 10 commandments yeah. at the time yeah. here at first Baptist Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. And so we decided it'd be great to just talk about that. And so we dusted this one off mm-hmm. um, so that we could dive in a little bit more on the topic because you just got back. From a sabbatical. Yep. Which sounds an awful lot like Sabbath. Sabbath, That's exactly what it is. So let's let's kind of jump into that. Sure. Because that's going to be kind of our our foundation for this conversation Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. Sabbath rest as we review it. Uh, So uh, for anybody that's disappointed, um, you know, that it's still us. Uh, We didn't bring in any uh, class, any special guests, any actors to play us in the revisit (laughs) of the episode. Um, It's, it's still Orin and Dave still having a conversation, but give us an overview Orin of the last several weeks Mm -hmm. of your life. What led up to that Mm -hmm. and why it was important for you, your family for, uh, for first Baptist and we're going to just going to let you share that, and then we're just going to kind of jump in, yeah, yeah, and talk about some things. Yeah, be a loose discussion. Yep. So, um, yeah. So, uh, typically, sabbaticals are taken every seven years. That's that's a biblical uh, format. Um, uh, every seven years uh, in ancient Israel, the fields were laid fallow. Um, the Sabbath was an important aspect of the Jewish culture um, because God knew that people He created are limited in what they can do with the amount of time that he gives us. And so we need not uh, work ourselves so hard that we burn ourselves out and are then therefore useless. And so if you remember the podcast we mentioned last year, um, rest is is commanded and necessary. Um, pastoral work in, in, in many ways is a tremendous blessing, but it also comes with a lot of burdens, a lot of things that you carry with you because people tell you stuff and they do things and you cannot tell anybody else but God, you know, and you carry the burdens of your people with you along with decisions you make, good and bad, um, the sermons you preach where you regret the things you should have should have said or, or didn't say. Um, and 
And all that thing, those things kind of weigh on you on top of you have your own family things to deal with. You have your own health concerns to deal with. And so a lot of these things can pile on. And so typically in, 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 in history, um, churches uh, have allowed their pastors every seven years to take an extended amount of time away from their responsibilities just to rest, just to get away, clear their mind, reset their heart, focus on the Lord, and just rest. And so um, I'm, I've come up on 10 years. In fact, this week is, uh, is a celebration of my 10 years at First Baptist Church of Baton Rouge, and I decided last year that this would be a good time for me to take an extended amount of time away and just try to take it easy and rest. Um, and so uh, I was really supposed to do this a year ago around Easter, the work, it was already in the works. I was yeah, do we, had, we were making plans, making plans for that to happen. Yeah, between Easter and the beginning of the summer, I was going to take that time away. My son was graduating high school. We were going to go on a vacation as a family. And then COVID came. And then COVID. Just, the thing we always say. Yeah, blame it. Yeah. After everything that we planned, right. then COVID. It just blew everything up. So I knew that I couldn't leave my, I mean, we couldn't travel at that point. My son's graduation didn't happen until June because all that got pushed back. And I just couldn't leave my church family when this was going on and it was so much uncertainty. And so I told our, our leadership personnel committee, I said, we're just going to wait and let's try again next year. I can, I can hang on. And I was, I think I was telling you the other day, Dave, that I preached. So I, I remember a year ago we went to Israel. We got back yeah. late February. I preached that first Sunday in March and then we shut down the following week. And I preached every Sunday by video or in person later in the year through the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. And around Thanksgiving, I hit a wall, and I was about done. Um, I was just exhausted. And I think we were all feeling the effects of COVID. It yeah. was just a, it was a heavy, it was a hard year. And we could talk more about pastors later leaving the ministry and, and churches falling apart over this. But but I knew I needed some help. And so I went to the personal committee and said, it's time for us to revisit this opportunity. They agreed it was good. I, I gave them a detailed plan about what I was going to be doing. This was not intended to be a vacation for me. I was actually going to be doing some work, but doing some things that I don't normally get to do or have time to do because I'm I'm doing pastoral work. And so some extra reading, some thinking, some dreaming, um, some extra sleep when I needed it. And so uh, late December, the last Sunday in December, I preached a sermon, it's December 28th, I believe it was. It was my first day of sabbatical, um, and I came back uh, two weeks ago, and uh, it was a wonderful time. You tried to come back two weeks ago. Well, I tried, but then everything froze over <laughs> in South Louisiana, which we rarely ever say. Yeah. And so for three days, the church was closed because every, the power was out and everything was frozen on the ground. And so I finally got to get back to uh, thir- thir- Thursday of, of, two, of two weeks ago. And uh, it's been wonderful. Miss, I miss my church family very much. Um, but during that time, um, I recognized just how much I needed to get away for a little while because um, it takes me, I'm just, I guess most people are like this, it takes me a while to sort of decompress and um, and clean, clear my system of all the anxiety and worry and stress and frustration. Yeah, I would say that's normal. It Anyone is. that's working in a high-stress environment, mm-hmm. the amount of time you have to decompress greatly increases. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when we came, we'd come back from the field mm-hmm. serving as missionaries, yes. you know, it's a high-stress, all-the-time Type environment, much Especially like a, in much a, like a in pastor a, in a hostile country. In a hostile yeah. country, yeah. Yeah. and so you know, some of the best advice we would ever get was your first month stateside is yours. Mm-hmm. Like you need to disappear, mm-hmm. and you need to just take it and decompress, and you need to be with your immediate your your family, yeah. 
And I, you know, everybody's going to want your time. Everybody's going to want, you know, and it, you're just going to be overwhelmed mm-hmm. because everything that's been going on the last three to four years is just going to start melting off and it's going to be emotional. Mm-hmm. And it's true. You need decompression. Yeah. This is the teaching of the Sabbath. God yeah. knows that once a week, we need a day where we're not doing our regular activities. You need to rest. And then, you know, once a year, mm-hmm. take a vacation mm-hmm. or a couple of times a year, take a vacation. Uh, th- there are times built into your life to get rest so you can be effective with, in what you're supposed to be yeah. doing. And Dave, you know this as, as well as, as other pastors maybe listening to this, you, you carry a lot of extra weight that can't be seen on your heart and your mind as yeah, a pastor. Yeah, without a doubt. You, you are accountable to God first and foremost, and you don't want to mess things up because you answer to the Lord for how yeah. you lead his church. But you're also accountable to your own people, and you don't want to fail them. You don't want to let them down. You want to do what's best for them. And it just comes with a lot of extra weight that you can't really see. Yeah. Um, and so you carry that with you. You don't get to leave it at the office. It goes with you when you go home. It's there when you go to sleep. It's there when you wake up. And if you don't balance it the right way, it will eat you alive. And there's a lot of pastors who are leaving the ministry currently. Because of the year we had last year with COVID, they just, they just, they got stressed out. They got burned out and they need a break. Um, and so I'm fortunate that we have a church family that offered me this, that, that afforded me this. They actually told me to take more time if I wanted it. And I said, well, six weeks is probably the maximum I could go because I am I like to work. I'm, I'm, I have an anxious heart as it is, and I want to get back. But um, the first three weeks were tough for me because I, I had a rhythm. I had a schedule. I had been in for 10 years, and I was completely thrown off of that. And so I was a bit anxious. I was a bit frustrated. I stayed busy. I was still getting up at the same time. I was burning the, the, the midnight oil a little bit, reading. And, and my wife looked at me. She was like, Orrin, you got to stop. You're, you're supposed to be not working right now. You're still working. You're just doing different work. And I was, I was anxious. I was, I was worried I was, um, that my absence was going to cause things to fall apart. And I, I trust you and, and Larkin and Jason and the church to, to keep things together. I wasn't really worried about that, but I had to prove that to myself. And so the first three weeks was a real difficult process of decompressing and getting that out of my mind. By the middle of January, late January, I had finally settled where I could go to sleep at night and I knew everything was going to be okay. And I could get up in the morning and not feel guilty about waking up a little later than normal. And I could do some things that I wanted to do. And that's what I needed. And so coming back, I wasn't stressed out because God's going to take care of his church, right? And, and for me to think that he needs me, is way overestimating my my abilities, my value, um, and and so one one person isn't necessary to make a church go. And if it is, you got you got an unhealthy church. Even a pastor has has an important role in the church. A church should should be able to make it without him for a little while if necessary. And many churches have proven that they can. And so it was important for me to prove that to myself. And so this sabbatical was a really healthy, a spiritual and mental exercise for me as much as it was physical. And I'm grateful that I got to do it and really experience a Sabbath time. And now it's time to get back to work. Yeah, and we're glad that, you had, that you're back and looking forward to a lot of things that we're going to be doing over the next uh, several months and years. Yeah, absolutely. But the reason why we wanted to make sure that we brought this up again was because you've had this fresh experience yeah. with sabbatical rest. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're about to hit the one-year mark on this pandemic. Yeah. We were talking about it earlier today, you know, that – that um, one year 
date of when we we shut down. Yeah. Some people, depending on where you were and how things are going with the the virus, may be different. But for us, that's like in about what a week and a half. Yeah, somewhere somewhere along yeah. in there, March fourteenth. Yeah, somewhere yeah. along in there. And so it's it's coming up that we've been in this for a year. Yeah, and I listened to episode five last week mm-hmm. when we had decided that we were going to do this, and you know there were a couple of foolish guys talking on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't have a clue no. what was ahead of them. Mm-hmm. And I say, I don't say foolish, but just, you know, we didn't know. We didn't know. We were making our best guess right. based on the information that we had. And little do we know that this conversation about Sabbath rest, while always relevant, was going to be probably even more so now. Yep, absolutely. Because a lot of people, what they do in a crisis is they don't take the rest that they need thinking that, well, it'll, it's almost over. Mm-hmm. Well, a few weeks go by, it's not over. Well, surely we're at the, we're at the end of this. Then several months pass, and, well, you know, the, this got to be the light at the end of the tunnel. And they just keep hanging on and keeping on. There's some people that you and I probably are aware of, some of our listeners are aware of, maybe some of our listeners have done this. You have not rested well during this pandemic because you're like, surely the end is right upon us. Just keep going. And when it all is over with, when the the crisis has abated and everything's back to normal, air quotes, normal, then then I'll rest because back in that normal rhythm of work and school and church and family, and that's going to be my rest. Mm -hmm. And here's the deal. It's it's not happened. And so – the need for us to take those times of rest and particularly as believers to get into type of Sabbath rest routine Mm -hmm. is so very important. You know, one of the things in the early days of this, I sent you an email that talked about my experience in crisis. Mm -hmm. And one of the things on there was about rest and about stepping away from it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you've experienced that firsthand Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've experienced that in different seasons mm-hmm. firsthand. We need to be able to step away. Yep. And you can't look at your life and your vocation and say, well, what I do is not that strenuous. Mm-hmm. It's not really that vital. I can just plug along and everything will be okay. But the reality is the things that we go through, things we experience – they slowly kind of cook us like the frog in the boiling yeah, water. Yeah, great illustration. And we don't realize how stressed we are mm-hmm. because our stress goes up incrementally. Yep. And that becomes our new stress norm. Mm-hmm. And we get accustomed to it. Our body gets accustomed to it. But then at some point, we reach a certain threshold of stress where our mind and body can no longer sustain it and everything just breaks. Yep. And so that's why that rhythm of Sabbath rest is so vital to us. And so whether you get to have something like a sabbatical mm-hmm. or you're just in that weekly habit Rhythm, yeah. of taking a serious Sabbath rest, taking the vacations your work gives to you, mm-hmm. you know, so that you stay fresh and your mind stays fresh. You stay focused. Uh, if you're not doing those things, then burnout is it's coming. It's it coming. Is, it's coming it's, yeah. It may not be tomorrow, but at some point you're going to hit it. In a hard way, there's going to be consequences yes, for you, your family, for your work. Absolutely. And you become less effective. And it's, it's that's much, for Christians especially, it's as much a spiritual and mental rest as it is a physical rest. Like if you have a job where you are working 
um, a blue collar with your hands, physical labor every day, Monday through Friday. When you go home on Saturday, you may cut your grass, you may weed eat, you may paint the house. Yeah. You're doing physical labor, but it's not the same thing. Right. And you can sort of, um, I hate to use the word space out a little bit, but your mind is not burdened by the things that are normally yeah, part of your day. Yeah, it's a great release. Absolutely. Yeah. But even then, it's okay for you to do nothing. Yeah. It, it's really okay. And that's, I think that's feel like that's against my nature in many ways. And many people feel that way. Like if I'm, sure. not, if I'm not doing something that I'm wasting my life, I'm wasting my time. Well, no, God's given us time to do nothing really yeah. literally do nothing. And what's something I really learned during sabbatical, even the, the boring days where I was just bored. I was, yeah. I want something to do. God was teaching me in seasons of boredom is when you maybe do your best thinking sometimes. You can be evaluating, you can be critical, you can be um, optimistic about the future because you're thinking about the next steps. I got to think that some of the greatest scientific discoveries from Newton and Edison and all these guys probably came in moments where they were bored and they were just thinking about life and thinking about what they want to accomplish. And that's where the inspiration came from. And so I think God wants us to pause weekly and seasonally to think, just to pause for a moment and consider your life. And the the times of boredom were actually helpful for me to know God's got things under control. I can trust him when I'm not busy like a little ant, just always doing something. I can actually rest. It's okay to rest. It is okay to rest. Now, I know there may be some people that listen to this and go, you know what? I'm not a pastor. I'm not going to get the opportunity to be away for six weeks. Mm. And I'm not European either because those people take, take some off. serious yeah. vacations Seriously. over there. I'm stuck in a job. I've been working at it. And the most that they allow me is like a week off. Yeah. And I got to work another probably five years before I get more time than that. Yeah. And so my, my job, my life, it just feels like a rat race. How can I have that Sabbath rest when I, I don't get the privilege mm-hmm. of having a gracious vacation or my profession does not have things like a sabbatical built into it. Mm-hmm. What do I do? Yeah. So it, most people, and I, I don't know the data on everybody, but most people should get a day off a week. If you get a day off, you need to take, take it. it. You need to, and you need to be very careful and thoughtful about how you take it. If you're ex- exhausting yourself physically or you're engaging in more mental uh, struggle during your day off, you're, it's not going to work. You might as well just go to work, right? Take your day off and do as little as possible. And just rest your body, rest your mind, take a walk, watch a movie, have lunch with a friend. Be very intentional, especially in the early times of the earliest stages of this when you're being very intentional about your days off. Teach yourself how to rest on those days, right? Sleep in, go to bed a little earlier maybe, and just rest yourself. Because what that'll do is is build in the healthy parts of your life that you need to do your job really well the other six days of the week. If you can't get a day off for three weeks, just whenever you get one, take it and use it wisely um, because you're going to need it. And if you don't, you're going to pay for it later for sure. We, we've, I think I've read stories about like nurses and through this COVID mess that we went in, last, yeah. especially last year, where they weren't getting any time off and they would just run into the ground. And some of them were just quitting. Yeah. They were just like, it's okay. an emotional breakdown. Yeah. They're just walking out of hospitals. Yeah. Emotionally, physically, yeah. mentally, they were just broken. 
And I can understand that high tent, high pressure, tense situations, yeah. high expectations with no end in sight. Yeah. It's not healthy. You can't function that way because you're, you're not invincible. God did not make us to be invincible. And if you think you are, you're foolish to think so. You have to take a break every once in a while. Look, I get it. You don't want to be called lazy. You don't want to be called ineffective. You don't want to be a moocher, all these bad words that we use. You're not being lazy. You're resting. If you rest six days a week and work one, unless that's your job, okay, maybe you're being lazy. I, I, I don't know the situation. But you're not being lazy by taking some time off to rest. You're, you're doing the very thing that God created you to do so that you can be effective in the other parts of your life. And that rest is good for us on so many levels. When we think about the benefits personally, mm-hmm. you know, it begins to reduce our stress mm-hmm. as that kind of melts away. We decompress. Yep. Uh, because it kind of clears our mind. Talk about being bored. Once you kind of get all the noise out of your head, yeah. it's amazing what you actually think of that Absol- is productive. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, and so it's got health benefits. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we get caught up on sleep, mm-hmm. that definitely uh, helps with a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so sleep is never overrated. Absolutely. I totally uh, at agree. all. But yeah. then you have other layers of our lives that also receive benefit, uh, particularly our families. Mm-hmm. You know, you talked about how... You know, as pastors, we bring everything home. Yeah. It's not a job where we leave a binder or a folder. You know, we don't we don't leave the Johnson case. Right. You know, there on the desk mm-hmm. and and come home. Uh, everybody's uh, issues, all the stuff we just saw on Facebook that are that, that members put yeah. out there, yeah. things that concern us, uh, some of the heartbreak, some of the grief and the sorrow, uh, the joys. Yeah. We carry all of that in our hearts yeah. home, yeah. and that impacts how we interact with our families. If you don't believe us, just ask our wives and our kids. Absolutely. They, they will tell you the truth uh, that, you know, sometimes daddy's not in the best mood or as there yeah. As, yeah. as he would like to be or we would like for him to be mm-hmm. because that weight is really just pulling him down in that moment. And so to have those times when we rest, it benefits our families Absolutely. as well because we get to get that off of our plate and really put some focus on our family. Because here's the deal. We all have our vocation. Mm-hmm. If you're old enough to work, okay, you have that godly responsibility to give back to the ordering and care of our creation, our mm-hmm. society. Yeah, the thing, The very thing we were told to do in the garden. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we have to do that. We have to do that. But before any of that, God gave us family. Yep. God gave us family and that doesn't ever come before our vocation. Right. And so while that vocation may allow us, that may be one of God's means to provide for us, the food we eat, the clothes that we wear, the house that we live in, assuming we're being good stewards with that. Yeah. It doesn't trump the importance of our family. Right. You can lose your job. You can even take um, a demotion, a cut in pay to have a better family life mm-hmm. and give more attention to your wife and, and kids or your husband and your kids. You lose your family and you have fundamentally wrecked yeah. something that is sacred that God has 
has entrusted you yeah. with. And if you're in the ministry, you disqualify yourself from ministry. Absolutely. Yeah. You and can't so, be a pastor anymore. Yeah, right? so it's not just the personal benefits that right. we enjoy. It's also what is on our families. And in your case, as someone who stepped away for a season from the church, not only do you benefit from it, not only does your family benefit from it, but the church yeah. benefits from it. Absolutely. Because what good is a church who's being led by someone who's on the fast track to burnout. Yeah, absolutely. If you're on the edge of giving up, breaking down, quitting, running away, or doing something truly stupid as a human being, a moral failure, which usually comes from seasons of weakness yeah. and weariness, and your your um, your spiritual senses have been weakened, and you're not as attuned uh, to keeping your heart diligent to be holy, that's where these breakdowns come. And you, you find outlets for your stress, and they're typically unhealthy. Whereas if you're rested and you have seasons of rest or you know a season of rest is coming, then you can stay on that path and be effective in your ministry. And so I mentioned earlier, you know, we've seen lots of reports of pastors who are leaving the ministry. They're not just leaving churches during COVID. They're leaving the ministry. They're quitting altogether, going to do something else in the world because they're burning out. They can't deal with the... Um, the pressures of having to shepherd the flock under normal conditions, then all these other additions they're having to fulfill, yeah. um, it's it's just too much. And you know what? I understand where they're coming from. I'm not going to quit. I don't have any desire to do so, but I understand where they're coming from because they're just at the end of their rope. They don't, they don't know what else to do. And if their families are being affected by it, like you mentioned, they're going to save their families over over pastoring a local church. Yeah, we would hope so. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that's the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, even if it's for a certain amount of time, get your head back right, get your heart back right, and then maybe you can get back into the ministry at some point. That's a healthier thing for your family. Um, and, and and so we have to think about these things. We have to process this and and not wait till it's too late, which is, I was already, again, I was already thinking about sabbatical right. early last year. I knew it was coming. You just had a wrench thrown in your plans exactly. because of COVID. Exactly. And and I think I did the right thing by by staying on and, and shepherding the church through 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 that time. Great staff. The church family has been wonderful. It wasn't because the church family was hard on me. It wasn't because of that. After ten full years of ministry, it was time to take a little bit of a break. To, and it, it's my own fault that I don't always take all the vacation that the church gives me. It is your own fault. It is my own fault. And We're so, going to be riding you on that. And so I'm going to need to be better, better about taking the vacation the church gives me to take to, to get some time away. Um, because when I'm not here, when I'm not preaching, when I'm not doing the ministry, I feel like I'm unfulfilled. And I cannot find my identity in being a pastor. It has to be in something bigger than that. Christ follower, husband, yeah. father. I mentioned this to the church last week. I'm a, I'm a Christian first. I'm a husband next, I'm a father, I'm a church member, then I'm a pastor. And the reason I say that is because I don't have to be a pastor, but I got to be those other four things. I have to do those things well. And if I do those four things well, then I can be an effective pastor. And so I have to get those priorities in line. A sabbatical was a way for me to do that. Um, if it, it comes once every seven years. And so I'm, it's going to be a while before I take another one. And that's okay. I'm fine with that. As long as I take my breaks weekly and those vacations yeah. and seasons when I'm afforded rest, take it. Uh, that way I can look back in 20 or 30 years and see God leading our church and leading me because I was faithful to obey him and taking those short rests whenever he gives them. Yeah, God is very wise Absolutely. to build in yeah. rest because, look, 
We are not him. No. God doesn't need rest. His rest on the seventh day was to set an example. Exactly. Largely, that was what it was about. Mm-hmm. Because you're going you're, you're gonna to think you're me. Mm-hmm. That's, that's our big problem. Right? Yeah. So he gave us a Sabbath. <laughs> and so it's like, look, yeah. so, so that you don't think that you can just do what I do. I want to show you what rest is like. And I'm just not going to do any creation here. And yep. we're going to set this day aside. Mm-hmm. And because it's going to be good for you. Yep. And it's so hard for us to admit that we can't do something or that we're not enough or that we're not God. Yeah. But when you come to that realization and you embrace that, it's freedom. It is. You can actually enjoy the Sabbath because yeah. you, you're not God. Right. And that's okay. It is okay. Yeah. It is it is is made for us to be able to enjoy. And we need to remember that. There is a great freedom in taking our Sabbath rest yeah. weekly in various seasons that we get it because it is our nature. Absolutely. Right? You see, you, you, you know, and this is something I bring up a lot when we talk about the whole concept of what true freedom is. You know, you look at the, the example of the fish. Mm-hmm. The fish is made with gills and fins. It's got a little tail for the water, right? Mm-hmm. It breathes in uh, air through its gills. It doesn't get it through the, through the, through the air itself. Mm-hmm. And if the fish decides, you know what? I'm free. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go live on the land. I'm not going to be held down by the water. I'm not going to be held in the water. <laughs> I'm going to go on the land. Well, the fish can, I guess, exercise its freedom sure. to go hop out of the water and onto the land. But what's going to happen to it? Mm-hmm. It's going to die. Yeah, It's going to shrivel up and die. It's only truly free if it restricts itself to the water yeah. where it's been designed to function. Exactly. And so you and I have been designed to take rest. And so if we want to exercise our freedom, then we need to take our rest. Mm-hmm. Like you said before, we're not being lazy. Right. We're, we're not violating anything right we're actually embracing what god has has put into us to rest to be refreshed to have time to focus on on him Mm -hmm. to have time to get the junk out of our heads to let our bodies recuperate so that we can be exactly who he's designed us to be absolutely yeah when when you are able to embrace your limitations as a human being and understand that that's how god made you so that you depend upon him, you trust him, that's the fullest way to be human. You know, yeah. Jesus himself, who was God in flesh, because he was human flesh, rested. He took rest. He rested on right. the Sabbath. He took breaks away from his own disciples. Dude was like sleeping in a boat yeah. in a storm. Yeah, exactly. That's he, some serious rest. Exactly. He had to get away from his own disciples from time to time. Yeah. He said, you guys go on the boat. I'm going to go up on the hillside and pray. And of course, that night he walked on water and freaked them all out. But he knew he had to get away to be yeah. with the Father and to get, to get away from the crowds. He needed to rest as well. So if Jesus did it, what makes me think I don't need to either? Exactly. Like, what makes me think that I'm beyond the need for rest, even though the Savior himself took times in his human flesh to rest? Yeah. And so that I don't feel bad about it's absolutely it. Absolutely. We don't need to. Not. That's one of, the, one of the big things. I know in ministry, for sure, for not taking rest mm-hmm. is I feel bad about it. Oh, you know, the devil never takes a day off. Right. Well, then you need to correct your your your, your understanding of those things. You have bad theology, You have bad theology. He may not take a day off, but God told you to. God told you to. So who are you listening to? Yeah, exactly. Right. 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 And so, you know, John Piper gives uh, a wonderful um, little deal about sleep. 
you know, how if we, if it's not enough for God to give us these commands, take it our Sabbath, things like that, he makes our bodies require mm-hmm. several hours of complete unconsciousness mm-hmm. every day, every 24-hour cycle. So people who think that the, the world can't function without them have but no choice to surrender their bodies mm-hmm. to an unconscious state where anything can be done to them. They all think how vulnerable a sleeping person is. Mm-hmm. You, know, you got children, you know, you remember when they were putting them in the crib and they were sleeping and just stuff's going on and they're oblivious to it. Even when your kids are, are young, you know, you go in there to wake them up for school and they're just all arms akimbo and drool right. coming out their mouth. There's right, right. you could just do anything yeah. you want it. Yeah. And we're the same way. We're so vulnerable in that state. And it's this reminder. It's like God has everything under control. So when we talk about the need to step away for Sabbath rest, that is a bigger statement of our faith and who God is yep. that you got, if you've got this for six to eight hours a night, when I am just unconscious, mm-hmm. I can do nothing for myself, nothing for my family. Mm-hmm. Anybody could come in and do something to me, but yet you sustain me, my family, you run in the world, the universe, all of that. I can be away yeah. for a weekend. Yeah. I can be away for a, a week or two, or I can take a extended sabbatical and you will be in full control. Mm-hmm. So it's a wonderful testimony to how we view God mm-hmm. and who God is when we embrace that rest. Amen. I totally agree. And I, I think our society needs it. It's sort of, it's sort of, uh, is frowned upon because of the nature of the American work ethic. And we became a great nation. We don't take days off. We work hard and, and her work is, is commanded as well. You work hard and then you rest, you work hard and then you rest. And, um, it goes against our, I we mentioned before our desire to be like God, but if God rested, then we should as well. And again, uh, your life will be more balanced you will be healthier mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, if you can find time to rest when you're afforded that opportunity. And so I don't take what I'm called to do lightly. It's serious work. It's eternally significant work. And I need to break from it every once in a while. Uh, now that I've gotten my rest, I'm ready to get back to work and, and do some things and, and, and reach people and minister to my, my, my church family, um, knowing that somewhere along the way, I'm going to get tired again. I need to rest. Um, you and I work on Sunday. Sunday is a work day for me. Um, I don't rest on Sundays very well. I try to Sunday afternoons when I don't have anything to do, but I know that Friday or Saturday is going to have to be the day where I really do nothing. Yeah. Um, because Sunday is a work day and my heart is heavy and my head mm-hmm. is full and I'm talking to people and it's a work day and I, I embrace that. That's fine. Find another day or where you can take it easy yeah. and not stress yourself out by the things you have to do. Um, you're not that necessary. I've mentioned this quote before. I think it was De Gaulle who said, graveyards are filled with indispensable men, right? God's going to keep going whether you're here or not. So if you want to be here, be healthy if you're going to be here. Yeah. That's how God uses us. And, and this is not for pastors. This is for every Everyone. single human being. Got to rest. And Christians, you can be an example to your friends and neighbors by taking your Sabbath day. Take a rest and, and invite them to enjoy it with you. Maybe yeah. invite them to lunch. Yeah, we're not telling you to go and churn butter on your porch. Right. Okay. We're not talking about some uh, strange uh, stereotype 
of an old timey mm-hmm. Sabbath. Mm-hmm. We live in a different time, yeah. so we have to learn to take Sabbath differently. Mm-hmm. And so, this the the way you you have this rhythm. Yeah, it needs to be different than the rest of the days. Mm-hmm. And so, it may be that uh, you don't watch TV, right? Or you don't have your kids don't you know go over to a friend's house right you know it, play is a lot more low key so there's a lot of ways that you change that rhythm you don't go out to eat or you know so you know, your neighbors say hey let's go out let's grab some barbecue or something you say you know hey it's Sunday we're typically good to go out well, why not well it, this is this is our one day that we're all home that we get to rest and so we just have to keep it low key yeah and it opens up those doors you know so rather than you know, going out, maybe you have them over. Yeah. You can still eat. Sure. But you just don't go through the rigmarole and the stress of being in that restaurant yeah. if, if you know that that is just a big production for you and your family. So you just kind of think through those things and build that in and be intentional about it. You don't have to go sit and, you know, in a corner uh, with a copy of Scripture and just read it for three hours. Right, right. But what's going? what's it going to take for you to put your mind elsewhere mm-hmm. from your work to put your body in a state where it is actively recovering from all that you've been doing. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a nap. Maybe it's just sitting in your, your chair, chilling, cool. doing nothing. A cup of coffee on the porch. Yeah. A cup right, of coffee yeah. on the porch, yeah. but just take it in. Maybe you're the kind of person that likes to just put on the, the headphones, put on some music, mm-hmm. listen to a good podcast. I could recommend one. Yeah. Uh, and just chill. Yeah. You know, I, I loved, uh, you know, audio books, mm-hmm. uh, particularly like novels, things that I don't have to really think a lot sure, about. Sure. And that's one of the ways I decompress. Mm-hmm. I mean, I put in my, my headphones and that's often what I do on my Fridays. Mm-hmm. I may be piddling around the house doing some chores and I've got usually a great audio book mm-hmm. going and it just takes me away. Yeah. Just, I'm not thinking about things. I'm, I'm in, the, in a zone mm-hmm. and it's Good. And by the time I'm, we, we hit Sunday, again, our beginning of our work week, so to speak, yeah. I feel a lot more refreshed mm-hmm. and prepared to handle what's coming up with, with worship, with teaching, and with everything that's, that's going to follow that. So really take time. Yeah. Think through what does a Sabbath look. And if your kids are old enough, if you get, if your kids are still at home, they're old enough to have the conversation, sit down with them and engage in the topic and let them make some suggestions as yeah, well. Absolutely. Because if you can kind of come to a, a game plan as a family, it, you're going to more likely stick to it. Yeah. You won't have so, the stress of trying to solve the problem. Right. So yeah, if you just go in and say, okay, we're going to have a Sabbath rest. So turn that thing off and you go to your room. Da, da, da. Yeah. You know, if you're trying to just plan it all yourself, it's going to ultimately backfire yeah. and it's going to be creating more stress. Especially if you have teenagers, if you got teenagers, <laughs> yeah, and so yeah. you know you've got to you've got to think through. You got to be intentional, yeah, absolutely. And if you can bring your family in and talk about those things, and ask honest questions, you know, what am I? Ask your spouse, what are the things that I just can't put down yes, that are keeping huge. me from resting? That's huge, yeah. And allow them to answer mm-hmm. and listen. And be accepting. Don't fire back like, oh, well, you don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Well, look, you're asking. You're asking for a reason. And really take that answer in. Yep. And, uh, you know, even let your kids. If your kids are old enough, they probably know what you're not. Oh, sure. 
not letting go. Yeah, they, they, they know something's wrong. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And so it's, it's yeah. good, good for everyone. Talk it through, make it a new habit for your mm-hmm. family and don't give up. If one day of Sabbath rest blows up. Yeah, that's okay. It's okay. You'll get it. It's going to happen. Yeah. You can't control every aspect of it. You, you can't control when the phone rings and you've got to, you've got to take that. You mm-hmm. can't control when, you know, a kid ends up sick or, you know, they have an injury because, you know, they were, they were playing quietly, but stuff happens because yeah. they're kids. Yeah. And all of a sudden your day is spent, you know, trying to, to go into mm-hmm. the, 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 the clinic or maybe the, even the R you just, mm-hmm. it's okay. It ha- life happens. Yeah. Sure. It, life sure. happens. But you build in that rhythm in your life and you're going to benefit from it more times than not. Without, your without kid's not going to break their arm every week. Hopefully. hopefully. Right. They've only got two. You only got two. Right. So, so two yeah, per, yeah. two per kid typically. Yeah. Yeah. So, you Absolutely. know, uh, yeah, but we do encourage yeah. as we revisited this topic mm-hmm. in this episode. Yeah. Don't give up on your need for rest. Absolutely. Don't think, well, the pandemic's almost over. We're getting vaccines. So surely we're just months away from this being behind us. Yeah, maybe we are. Honestly, maybe at this point, because of the vaccine, maybe we are. But if you're not resting, if you're not thinking about it, don't neglect it. Well, look, and I think we all know once COVID's, we feel like COVID's behind us, it's going to be something else stressing us out. Sure. It's always going to be something else. Well, because you're going to try to jump back into your life, and right. you're going to try to reclaim the normal that you used to have yeah. that is no longer there. No. And you're going to stress about that because sure. you're going to have to go through a grief process. Yeah. Leave, leaving that old life behind a little yeah. bit. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So to close, a couple a couple of things. No, number one, just a quick encouragement. Uh, when you rest, you're obeying God. If you feel guilty, understand you're obeying God. So let that be sort of the counterbalance to your guilt. God is happy. God is smiling when you're resting, right? The second thing, I want to thank First Baptist Church for giving me that time, for giving his staff days off during the week. They give us days off. Our church is incredibly generous, and they care for us so well. They don't bother us either. They don't call us with all these little things. If there's an emergency, we'll hear about it. But for the most part, they respect our time away, and I am so grateful for that. I hear nightmare stories from pastors whose phone is ringing all the time. Um, And so I'm thankful for our church family. And, and the last thing is, remember that God's giving you this rest because he loves you. It's not because he thinks you're, you, you just need it. He knows you need it because he loves you. So take it and, and enjoy God's love for you in your, in your Sabbath rest. Without a doubt. Yep. So we want to thank everyone for joining us for this inaugural season two, episode one. Yeah. Lord willing, we, we will have a week to fix all of our We're tech fix our issues. Technical difficulties, yes. Yeah. And, yes. and then you can um, watch us or listen to us. But don't forget Facebook page, Instagram, and uh, like it. Find us. Follow us. Subscribe. And if you listen on something like uh, iTunes, give us a glowing five star yep. review. Yep. We would much appreciate it. Please. And tell your yep. friends, tell your family. Let's do this. Yep, because we're back. We're back, baby. See ya. Bye.